relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Be the next success story. This episode of the America First podcast with me, Sebastian Gorka, is brought to you by Franklin Armory. Shop freedom, quality, and innovation at franklinarmory.com. Franklin Armory, we are facilitators of freedom. General Secretary Gorbachev, if you seek peace, if you seek prosperity for the Soviet Union and Eastern Europe, if you seek liberalization, come here to this gate. Mr. Gorbachev, open this gate. Mr. Gorbachev, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Welcome, dear friends, to the Manhood Hour with me, your host, Sebastian Gorka. Being a leader of men requires courage. Being a leader of men requires commitment to the truth. That, of course, was President Ronald Reagan, a man who, along with Margaret Thatcher and blessed St. John Paul II, was responsible for the greatest victory without a shot being fired, that is the dismantling of the Berlin Wall. What is the state of courage today when we have a White House that is saying, well, Chinese protesters, we're not going to take a side in the suppression of people in the biggest communist dictatorship in the world? Let's ask a warrior. Let's ask a man who was very involved in that Cold War that had rather, rather hot parts to it. He's been a guest before here on America First, former senior CIA operations officer. He's the author of Black Ops, Rick Prado. Welcome back to the Manhood Hour here on America First. Thank you for having me. It's good to see you again. All right. This, you are the perfect guest. Uh, I shared with you that who we uh, launched this show with. We had Jack Carr, the former SEAL. We had a former colleague of yours, a founding member of Delta Force, Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin, uh, with us for a whole hour as well. Uh, you spoke very highly of him before we started the show. Uh, let me ask you the question I've asked all of our guests. When you look at the state of masculinity, of manhood, of courage from the male side of our civilization, um, is it imperiled is it in danger today in the west in america well absolutely uh, first of all i'm blessed because uh, both my sons have grown up way there were taught just like my dad taught me uh but absolutely we have a uh, a shrinking backbone um and and for us being who we are an american power is something we should not be ashamed of uh, you know every every culture has a zethus we cannot forget that ours is that of the cowboy. Yes. Yes, absolutely. It's so seminal to the ethos of our culture, the rugged individual, the cowboy, the pioneer who went out west, who built America amongst amongst great hardship. Uh, Rick, for those who didn't catch our earlier discussion about your career, about national security, would you just give them a thumbnail sketch of what you did for the U.S. government uh, during the Cold War? <laughs> Yes, I, I was. Uh, I came into the agency in 1981 to head the uh, Contra program. I was the first paramilitary officer for CIA in, in uh, the Nicaraguan border. I did that for three and a half years. Uh, slept in a jungle hammock for uh, five days a week. Uh, from there, I came uh, went to spy school. Uh, I subsequently uh, started the Bin Laden Task Force with Mike Sawyer, uh, the famous uh, Alex Station, and. Um, when 9-11 happened, I was, uh, I was chief of operations at the counterterrorist center at CIA. And then a little bit about your family, where you hail from, where your family comes from. I am Cuban-born, as is my wife, 
And um, I came in this country in 1962 by myself uh, to a Catholic orphanage in Pueblo, Colorado. And I've been trying to pay, pay back that debt of honor to this country since. Right. Let's go to the topic of where this threat comes from, uh, Mr. Prado. What do you, there are so many things we could discuss. There is the, so, the source of the assault against uh, masculinity. We could talk about uh, assaults on faith, on the church, the role of the media, the role of Hollywood. Uh, where do you think, uh, to use a military term, the center of gravity, where, where is the biggest assault coming from that is you know, coming up with phrases like toxic masculinity? What's, what's the biggest threat? That's a, that's a very complicated question because, as you said, there's, there's uh, so many different uh, um, things inputting into the, uh, the equation. Uh, I think primarily the biggest problem that we have it starts at the home. I don't think that ch- uh, children are being guided by full families, families that uh, have uh, something to teach or will be willing to teach. I was blessed with the fact that my dad um, molded me from uh, age seven uh, to, to be who I became. So I believe that it starts at the home. Uh, it expands into our school system. Um, it, it goes on to Hollywood, uh, which is that that is that's so far left and so far liberal and so far out of reality that uh, that it's you can't measure. But the problem is Hollywood is also how most Americans learn. Um, most Americans do not read. Most Americans watch the boob tube, and it's always every single program have to has some castration process to U.S. masculinity. <laughs> so well put. I'm just making some notes. It's funny you say that about uh, the boob tube and most Americans not reading. Wh- wherever I go uh, to give a lecture, it doesn't matter what the topic is, is, as soon as somebody asks me for some career advice, if a young professional who's interested in either national security or the media or anything else asks for advice, I tell them the same thing. I don't care whether you want to be a brain surgeon, a radio host, a strategist to the president. I don't care what you want to be. Put this thing down, the stinking phone down, for at least an hour a day and read a book, preferably by somebody who's been dead for a long time, preferably a few centuries, uh, and you will do well. Um, in your career, did you see, because you know, after, after you worked in government service, you also worked on, on national security issues as a, in the private sector. When I was in the DOD, I saw what we today call wokeness, Pretty early on, I served in the DOD uh, 2008 onwards. I was teaching irregular warfare and counterterrorism. And I saw above the rank of 05 and 06, especially when people started to get one star and above, people starting to make political statements, people starting to be infected by groupthink. Did you see any of that in your career? You know, I was blessed with the fact that I dealt with a different kind of uh, a different part of the DOD. Um, I my last uh, gig that was of some time was uh, ended about two years ago on my own dime. But uh, I did for about seven years. I taught at Fort Bragg at the Advanced Special Operations and uh, Techniques course, um, and that the participants of that are all are, are soft. We're Navy SEALs, right. Air Force Spare Rescue, Green Berets, and so so I always enjoyed that because it was a matter of dealing with people that were atypical from what I see as civilians. Um, so in, in my personal career, both in the agency, I was still at a time when we had real leadership, uh, you know, uh, Dewey Claridge, these, these big, bigger than life kind of individuals. And post-career working, working the private sector, I focused primarily on working with our uh, soft components. And it is a completely different culture. So does it exist and have I seen it in, uh, in the media? Absolutely. But personally, I was blessed with that uh, ability to keep a fresh look into the fact that the United States will never have a shortage of warriors. Yeah. We have a shortage of leadership. Wow. That's a great, great way of putting it. No shortage of warriors, but a shortage of leadership. We're talking to Rick Prado. You've got to go to his website, Rick Prado, right now. That's R-I-C-P-R-A-D-O. That's R-I-C-P-R-A-D-O. And you've got to get his seminal work, Black Ops 
How did he get to write that title? That's a perfect title for somebody of his ilk. Black Ops, the life of a CIA shadow warrior. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First, the manhood hour. We have only just begun to scratch the surface of what we have to do. Uh, If you enjoy the show, don't forget that we are available for free. If you enjoy the show, go subscribe, go to Spotify. Plug in my name, Sebastian Gorka, America First. You will never miss an episode of the Manhood Hour. While you're there, do leave us a five-star review. It does help with those dastardly algorithms. And share the links with all of your friends because we have a civilization, not just a republic to save. Likewise, if you believe in America First, you've got to check out the store where everything we sell is made in America. The latest is the celebration of President Trump's announcement at Mar-a-Lago. It's the MAGA Returns t-shirt, bit of a hat tip uh, to Star Wars. Trump 2024 MAGA is back. The Also, the challenge coin, you guys asked for it. You called in and asked for a America First Trump challenge coin. There it is with the president, with our logo and my saying stay frosty and the hottest item right now jointly conceived with our good buddy chris plant at wmal is the fbi t-shirt yes the classic blue t-shirt with the yellow letters fbi but this time it stands for the fascist bureau of intimidation get yours today sebgorkastore.com christmas is just around the corner order for your friends order for yourself treat yourself that's s-e-b-g-o-r-k-a sebgorkastore.com I'm James Ackerman, the president and CEO of Prison Fellowship. On behalf of our entire staff, and more importantly, the prisoners' families you bless, I want to personally thank you for your donation to our Salem Radio Network Angel Tree Campaign. Thanks for opening your heart and your wallet this Christmas season. So how did it get to be December already? I'm sorry, when did that happen? We, we, We are just weeks away from Christmas. And I have a question to ask you. When you hear the word Christmas, when you hear the songs on the radio, you, you smell, you know, whatever it is, the, the, the pine tree, the ferns, the scent of pine, does it warm your heart? Is Christmas something you associate with good memories? If it is, could you put yourself for just a minute in the shoes of of one of the young children in America, there are one and a half million of them who have a mother or father in prison right now. What are they thinking? You know, a six-year-old girl, where's daddy? Did, did I do something wrong? Why, why, why is mommy in prison? Am I ever going to see her again? Is it my fault? The Prison Fellowship Program is helping those children. 70% of them will end up in prison as well, and we want to break that cycle. Last year, you helped to get Christmas gifts to more than 236,000 of these children in all 50 states. I want to break that record. I want to make it a third of a million. Will you help me? A donation of just $25 gets one of these children a gift chosen by their incarcerated parent, a message of love from that parent that they're not forgotten, and a children's Bible. It's one of the most blessed things you can do right now. A donation, if you can afford it, of $125 is five children who will feel a little bit more loved this Christmas. Will you make a difference? Please go to my website right now, sebgorka.com, and click on the Angel Tree banner at the top and make a donation in any amount. Or if you prefer, you can call them on 888-206-2794. Give as much as you can. Make a difference for these children who've done nothing wrong. Please help them today. That's Seb Gorka, S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A, sebgorka.com. The Angel Tree banner at the top or call 888-206-2794. All right, Rick, so... Uh, this this is where it starts to get really fun. We've done the diagnosis. Things are in trouble. Masculinity, manhood is under assault from all different vectors, all different battlefronts. What is your definition of being a true man? We we had you know General Boykin, who's also a pastor. You know he he just recited his book. You know the five things that make a man. He knew it by memory. <laughs> uh, for you as an operator, as a warrior, as a warrior who's trained other warriors, as a parent, give us some of the things that for you are non-negotiable when it comes to being a man. Well, first and foremost, integrity. I mean, uh, the old uh, integrity is what you do when nobody is looking. 
and especially in, in, in the fields that you're referring to, um, it, that integrity goes not only to God and country, but to the guy standing to your left or to your right. Uh, so that, I think, reinforces the folks that I worked with for so many years uh, into uh, what, what manhood is. It's the difference between having a manager or being a manager or being a leader. Uh, a leader leads by example, uh, doesn't ask his folks to do anything that uh, you, they haven't done themselves. Um, and you have to take care of your people. They get the credit, you take the blame. That's leadership. Yeah. So I think that that's one of the most sacrosanct things that we have is integrity and leadership is something that we lack, especially in government. No, absolutely. Uh, but that can apply to, to women as, as well. So let's talk about ma- male attributes. Let's talk about things that are, are uniquely masculine. In addition to you know being the leader who's last in line at the chow hall, who's first up in the morning, the person who does the right thing when nobody's looking, in addition to leadership and integrity, what else makes a man for you? Well, first of all, it's got to be your father. Um, you know, if you don't have a father in the family that is teaching you by not by what he says, but by what he does, um, what a man is supposed to act like, um, you're starting a very, very, very soft soil. So for me, uh, the, the integrity of the family, especially having parent fathers around, it's, it's huge. But, you know, um, it goes on from there to school teachers, uh, and it goes from there to sports. It goes there to, to service. Uh, you know, I, I was a in Cuba Uh, When I left Cuba, my father told me, this is how a man acts, and I promise you I will see you. Well, you know, that was my my security blanket for the uh, almost a year that I was separated from my parents in an orphanage. How old old were you again when when you set out on your own and your father looked at you in the eyes and and said that to you? How old were you, Rick? I was 10. I turned 11 in in the orphanage. And you know what? Not once did I cry. Uh, not because I was tough, but because my dad had programmed me and had assured me that I was going to be okay, and his word was my world. So you must have been, what was it, part of the, the what was it, the Peter Pan uh, aid system? That is correct. Through the Catholic Church, the Peter Pan program uh, took out, I think it's 40-some thousand Cuban kids that, whose parents could not leave. I was one of those, and uh, I ended in a Catholic orphanage in Pueblo, Colorado. And eventually you saw your father again? Yes, sir. Nine months later. Incredible. I, I can just imagine what it was like to have that, that moment seared on your cerebellum at the age of 10 when, you're, when you're, you're getting on that boat, you're getting on that plane, and he says, I will see you again, but remember who you are. Incredible. That's why you've got to read the book Black Ops by our friend, former senior CIA operations officer Rick Prado. Uh, you can go to his website as well. That's R-I-C-P-R-A-D-O. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First, the manhood Hour. And don't forget, if you could be a little bit more of a man by being a little bit fitter, I'm so grateful to everyone out there who's been so kind when they see me saying, what happened to you, Dr. G? Well, it's Mark II. That's right. Thanks to Dr. Ashley Lucas and her amazing team at my PhD weight loss. 42 pounds I've lost. 42 pounds. My wife lost 36. She's ecstatic. Whole new lease on life. My colleague, Mike Gallagher, he lost 50 pounds. He had more to lose, but he lost the the most of all of us on the PhD program. It really works. No stupid starvation, no calorie counting, no pills or, you know, voodoo. Just a system that allows you to eat five times a day and burn the fat. If you could lose the weight, if you feel like you need to lose the weight, do it just not for yourself and for your health. Do it for your wife. Do it for your kids. Do it for your grandparents. It's so easy. Call today, 864-644-1900. If I could do it, anyone could do it. Just go to myphdweightloss.com. That's 864-644-1900, myphdweightloss.com, myphdweightloss.com. Don't forget, guys, we are on all social media except the fascistic YouTube. You have to follow us everywhere to guarantee you never miss a moment of our special interviews, our monologues, and our breaking news. We are on Twitter. We are on Instagram. We're on Facebook, on Parler, on Truth Social, on Telegram. You name it. 
it. Also, the Salem News Channel. Get the app today. And the most important of all is, of course, our brand new Substack for exclusive content. My name in one word. That's SebastianGorka.substack.com. Go there today. It's free. SebastianGorka.substack.com. My Pillow is having their biggest sheet sale of the year. You all have helped build My Pillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, my buddy, the inventor and CEO, wants to give back to my listeners. The Percal bed sheet set is available in a variety of colors and sizes, and they're on sale. For example, the queen size is regularly $89.98, but now for you, just $39.98 with your listener promo. Order now because when they're gone, they're gone. The Percal sheets are breathable and have a cool, crisp feel. They come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. It's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-829-8468, promo code Gorka, or just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio list square, and plug in G-O-R-K-A. That's 1-800-829-8468, or MyPillow.com, code Gorka. All right, so we've uh, we've started on this already a, a little bit, but I, I, I need to drill down a, a little bit more because everybody gives us very different answers and they're, they're all fascinating. So will you enumer- enumerate for us, Rick, who have been the, the greatest influences on you growing up or even as an adult when it came to your understanding of what a man is? So, you know, ideally it should be your father. Your father should transmit that to you. But we've had all kinds of fascinating answers. Jack Carr, the, the famous author, former SEAL, said it was the fictional characters he read about in adventure stories, whether it's Tom Clancy or anybody else. Uh, we've had football coaches. We've had teachers. So through your storied career uh, can you identify you don't you don't have to use names if you don't want to but if you want to if you want to you know recognize them that's fine who had an influence on rick prado's understanding of masculinity responsibility and manhood early on of course it was my father and my maternal grandfather uh in the in the uh, air force pararescue which was uh, what i joined uh, to try to go to vietnam uh i met a mentor who to this day is one of my best friends uh, his name is uh, Chief Master Sergeant Wayne Fisk. Legendary, you can Google him, Four Tours, Mayaguez, everything else. So that he was huge in my molding because he was the head of training for pararescue. Uh, and like I said, to this day, we, we remain friends. My first boss in the agency was a legendary guy by the name of Ray, Colonel Ray, uh, who jumped into Corregidor when he was 17 or 18 years old. Uh, and it was our men in in, uh, in the, the Laos program for the agency, and he was my boss in the in the Contra program. Uh, Dewey Claridge, uh, who's the guy who legend. was a genius, legend, a genius at operations, created the counterterrorist center. That was his idea. That was his doing. He was the first chief of that. Um, and 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 going through, you know, a little later, guys like Kofer Black, uh, who was my boss and uh, director of CTC. Yep. Uh, when I was chief of ops uh, at the center, Jose Rodriguez. These are people that, although we're now getting closer to our same age, um, it, it feeds up each other. And I think you and I uh, have a very mutual, a very good mutual friend, Steve Bailey. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, Steve and I get together and we both benefit by our, our convictions and it just reinforces. So who you surround yourself with uh, and who you are blessed to have in your path this was really going to forge that metal as you go through. Yeah, Steve um, hosted me and some complete newbies uh, at his facility. This is the guy who used to run butts for the SEALs. I'm 52. I thought I knew how to shoot a gun. This man, in just an hour, he taught me stuff that was, well, I need to go back there to hang out with Steve a little bit longer. So whoever it is, that, you know, whether it's Dewey Claridge, Colonel Ray, uh, Chief Master Sergeant Fisk, is there something uh, among those individuals that, oh, that, that person taught me this, or is there an instance is there something that oh my gosh i understand this issue this characteristics of, of manhood because of what he did on that day does something stick in your mind yes and, and, and like i mentioned a little earlier i think that it's what's important is what you see the person acting yeah and not what they say um well, sometimes we say things we don't mean or whatever but 
like, you know, watching individuals like uh, Ray Doty and, and Master Chief, uh, you know, uh, Bailey and all these other friends of mine, um, it is specifically, uh, I, I would say when I see them doing something that defies what most people would do, uh, going into harm's way, um, taking care of somebody uh, that, uh, that needs taking care of, taking those risks, being willing to put it on the line, standing up for the truth. If you screw up, you own it. I think that's one of the biggest things that I learned early on. As long as you own it, you're fixable. Uh, if you tap dance, if, me as a leader, if you tap dance with me after a screw up, you're done. Uh, so uh, I, I think that there's just so many examples uh, of, of people acting and showing me and demonstrating what manhood and what leadership is all about. That first thing that you said there, you know, doing the unexpected, uh, you know, go that extra mile. I think that comes down to being a servant, doesn't it? I mean, you know, helping the other, helping the vulnerable. You know, it's that that concept of service that that is so lacking today. But but you know that that should be the number one manly trait. Yeah, because you, you, it takes a certain amount of it takes a lot of courage to stand up to you know, danger to, to stand up to somebody who's, uh, uh, you know, uh, abusing their their parameters. Um, it, it takes it takes courage. And I think that that is a basic tenet of being a man is being able to go that extra mile when the average individual would not that that separates, you know, the man from the not so man. <laughs> it does indeed. We're talking to Rick Prado. The book is Black Ops. The website is rickprado.com. That's R I C P R A D O.com. I'm Sebastian Gorker. This is the Manhood Hour coming to you from just outside the insalubrious, fetid, malodorous, rank swamp that is Washington, D.C. From the relieffactor.com studios. Relief Factor, if you're in daily pain, if you've tried everything else and failed to find relief, do what I do. Take Relief Factor every single day. Half a million Americans are finding daily relief not just me people like reggie from florida this is reggie's story i have a lot of pain from aging and after only four days of using relief factor i'm already experiencing less pain and stiffness can't wait to see how i feel in a couple more weeks relief factor is a blessing sent by god incredible words find out for yourself there's only one way but it's super easy order the three-week quick starter pack at relieffactor.com it'll be at your door in three days or less take it morning and evening like i do and i promise you Dr. G's guarantee. By the end of those three weeks, you will know whether it works for you, like it works for me, Reggie, and 500,000 of your fellow Americans. You've waited long enough. What have you got to lose? Apart from the pain. Call now, 800-500-8384, relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Alan in Alabama. Welcome, Alan. A lot of people don't realize some of the most informed people in the world are truck drivers because that's of, what we do. Of we course. Do. Exactly. And Sebastian Gorka comes from the inside. He knows what he's talking about. He's worked for the president. He's worked for uh, all these organizations with the military. You can believe what he says. Dr. Sebastian Gorka. All right, this is where we start uh, scribbling furiously. We get out our notepads. Everybody out there, get out your notepads, get ready, because this is where we get our kind of uh, textbooks, our materials for the future. If, if, if you had to make a list right now of... You know, so if you had to address, if you were asked, Rick Prado, we have a war on masculinity. Uh, it's bad to be a man. Toxic masculinity. How do we fix it? What is it the next generation has to learn? What do we have to communicate to the young boys today? Give us, give us some of the things that, that we must instill in the, you know, go back to Rick Prado, who's 10 years old. What do we need to tell young boys today in America about being a man? Well, first of all, accept and be proud of being a man. Uh, I think that part of the castration process has been tell, telling the kids that, you know, you could be other sexualities and, and the age of 10. 
Um, so I think that being a man and, 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 and having people around you who are good, good role models and examples, um, I think that uh, early on having courage, whether it comes through sports or through uh, other activities or standing up to a bully in school, um, all the things that you cannot even do anymore. I mean, when I was a kid growing up, uh, if you didn't stand up to the bullies, uh, your mommy or daddy or the teachers weren't going to come to your sir, to your rescue. Um, so, you know, that, that, that opportunity to be in, in, uh, in some kind of a dire strait, whether it's through sport or anything else, uh, it, it will help tremendously to, uh, to get people focused on, on what manhood should be. Um, the, the protector aspect, which you mentioned earlier, for me, a man has to be innately a, a protector. Um, because when you are a protector, that is, that is your family, that is your peers, that is your neighbor, that is that helpless woman being raped down the street uh, or, or that po police officer under assault all by himself. Uh, a lot of people ask me, why do I carry, you know, concealed carry? Well, because first, I don't like to lose. But second, if I see a man, a woman or a child in, in harm's way or one of our law enforcement officers, I have to act. I could not live with myself if I let that crime go unpunished. When, when you look at the last two years, you look at the effects of COVID, you look at people voluntarily shutting down their businesses because they were told to do so, it looks as if um, the, the pandemic we have, Rick, isn't uh, COVID. The pandemic is a lack of courage. Uh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And, and again, these are the kind of things that if, if I, in the operational field, as, as, as a CIA operations officer, I wish I could be doing this to the Soviets and doing this to the Chinese and to the Iranians. You, you, you mean, you mean instilling that level of cowardice? Say again, I'm sorry? What, explain what you mean that you'd like to be doing to them. Just unpack that. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the undermining of their society. Yeah. You know, the, the fact that, you know, we, we would spend millions of dollars uh, if we could and should to undermine the, the structure in, in Russia, uh, our enemies uh, writ large, uh, we're, we're, we're almost helping them. Uh, I'm not saying that there isn't a, an operational hand from our enemies. Absolutely. I guarantee you uh, from drugs across the border to this de uh, you know, uh, demoralization, demasculation of, 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 of America is part of a Russian and Chinese uh, uh, plan. But the thing is, we are making it so easy for them and cheap because we're doing it to ourselves. Well, I mean, you have a unique perspective having, having you know, fought the Cold War and then, and then after 9-11. What is your sense of how these nations look at America today? Because during the Cold War, and I think for the four years of the Trump administration, we were feared, we were admired. People in captive nations behind the Iron Curtain wanted to be free, wanted to come here. That's why they listened to Radio Free Europe. That's like why people like yourself as young, young boys were packed off to, to come to hear from communist nations. Do you have a sense how our adversaries and our enemies look at America today, an America where we are told being a man is a bad thing? Well, absolutely. You got to understand our enemies are predators. Uh, if we look like food, they're going to try to eat you. Uh, and that is at my micro level or at a presidential level. I'll give you an example, which is pretty blatant. Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter was a very honest, moral man who was an absolute naive individual for when it came to the realities. And when he sat across the table from our other government leaders, um, he came across as food. What happened as soon as Jimmy Carter took power? Afghanistan, when Russians invaded Afghanistan. We lost, we gave away the Panama Canal. They took our hostages uh, in Iran. Um, what happened when Ronald Reagan stepped in and was became president? The very next day, they, they freed our hostages. Why? Because there was a new sheriff in town. Uh, as you notice, the second invasion of, of note from Russia happened when the leadership in the United States changed to one that's perceived as being food. Yeah. We don't have the, uh, the persona 
the projection to tell our guys across the table, look them in the eye and you go, if you mess with me, I'll bite you back. And that takes a certain amount of backbone. And I don't see that uh, definitely in these, these liberal uh, administrations. It's such a simple point, but I think it explains everything that there are those who, even if they're well-meaning, they have a naive look on the world. They think that if you sit down uh, at a table with the mullahs in Iran or the Taliban in Afghanistan or former KGB Colonel Putin, that they want to have some kind of mutual ground, that they, they, they are acting in good faith. But you nailed it. Your enemy is a predator. And will never be on your side. They, they may act quietly at the moment because they're looking at for that second where you show them the soft underbelly where they can go for the neck and then they, they've got you. So, yeah, naivete and also the concept of the enemy of the predator. That's why he was a senior CIA operations officer. We're talking to Rick Prado. Go to rickprado.com and the book is Black Ops. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is the Manhood Hour on America First. Dear friends, if you've got a cell phone, I know you have a cell phone, please tell me it's not tied to one of the big cell phone carriers because they're not on your side. They're woke. They've donated millions of dollars to things like Planned Parenthood and gun control organizations. Join the only Christian conservative cell phone company in America. It's the one I use, Patriot Mobile. They have the same nationwide coverage. They have plans to fit every budget. Free activation if you use my name. You can keep your old number and they're not woke. They've donated hundreds of thousands of dollars to causes you believe in, the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, and also to school board candidates in Texas. That's how real they are. Don't fund your enemies with every single call you make and text you send. Switch today. It's super easy. Call 972-PATRIOT or go to patriotmobile.com slash Gorka. That's 972-728-7468, patriotmobile.com slash Gorka. All right, I think I know the the answer to the last question, uh, given your heritage and how you ended up as an American citizen, but I will not put words in your mouth. Uh, Rick Prado, when you look at the assault on manhood incessantly every single day, like you said, the, the castration process from the media, from the movies, are you a pessimist or an optimist? Are we going to beat these people? Are we going to restore that rugged individualism of the cowboy ethos in America? Because it's central to the survival of the civilization. Where do you stand on the issue? Well, I have to be an optimist. You can't go into fights if you don't think you're going to win them. Uh, and I do think that the one thing we have going for us is that that silent majority, which is the people that are too busy working, uh, <laughs> To, to have time to protest or do whatever they are, these, these things that they're worried about, um, wakes up and realizes that their vote has to count. They have to support those candidates that represent what we believe in. And as long as we do that, hopefully in the next two years, um, I think we stand a very, very good chance of coming back. Because like I said, the U.S. does not have a shortage of warriors. Uh, it, 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 what we need is some good leadership up there that will get us uh, um, focused in what we need to do and take the leadership. And President Trump was an example. President Reagan was, a, was an example. President Bush in his first administration was a good example. So um, absolutely. Because you live in the real world, because you don't have the luxury of naivete, is it your sense that the others in America who live in the real world, but who aren't politically engaged, that sooner or later they're just going to have enough with this insanity, with this castration process? That, that's what I hope and pray. I mean, you know, when I go uh, with Steve to hunt in Kansas, you know, everybody that you see at the grocery store, uh, at, the, at the, uh, the restaurants, they're all polite. They're all centered. They're all hardworking individuals. Uh, and, and that is, I think that that is the real majority in the United States. It's not the squeaky wheel. For God's sake, I mean, as, as, as with the present administration, we are catering to a, a section of our society that's 0.001% of the average population. They're just very, uh, very and noisy. That's not what a Republican is supposed to be. Yeah, they're just very, very noisy, right, Rick? 
exactly. The squeaky wheel. The squeaky wheel. The squeaky wheel that gets the oil or gets the billions. Uh, that went far too quickly. I know it. Uh, I expected it would. Uh, please follow this man. Go to rickpredo.com. That's R-I-C-P-R-A-D-O, rickpredo.com, and get the book. You won't regret it. Black Ops, the life of a CIA shadow warrior. I'm Sebastian Gorka. You've been listening to The Manhood Hour on America First. Don't forget to subscribe. Never, ever miss an episode. Go to your favorite podcast platform. Go to Spotify. Plug in my name, Sebastian Gorka, America First. You'll find all of our manhood hours, all of our making movies great again hours as well. Leave us a five-star review. It helps with the dastardly algorithms. And share the links with your friends because we have a republic and a civilization to save. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, keep your head on a swivel. Watch your six. Hold the line. Never give up. Never give in. And stay frosty. Our fathers brought forth upon this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. I know not what course others may take. But as for me, give me liberty or give me death. The world will little note or long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. I have a dream Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. I can hear you. The rest of the world hears you. And the people... And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. And we will make America great again. This is America First with Sebastian Gorka. We all know some folks in our lives who we don't wish them ill will. They say crazy stuff. We're all like, well, you know, Uncle Joe, you know what happened to him. You know, it's okay. They're part of the family. But you don't give them serious responsibilities. He's Uncle Joe. You, you know what he's like. He's uh, he's part of the family, but uh, you don't give him serious responsibilities. Is that a bit of a Freudian slip, or is that a, a message that uh, Uncle Joe has to be <clears throat> thrown under the bus, Obama? Oh, dear. A happy Friday. It's great to be back. Thank you, Jim Hansen, yesterday for stepping up when I had to go to Nashville to see Governor Huckabee. We were recording his Christmas special. You don't want to miss it on the Trinity Broadcasting Network. But my, oh my, is it good to be back on the mic, especially after a day when um, I'm flying to Nashville and <laughs> Jeff, who's producing this show for our buddy Jim Hanson, says, and I, I'm, I'm at the airport getting ready to catch my plane. Are you watching InfoWars? I don't usually watch InfoWars, but you've got to switch it on right now for delightful things like this. This is the dumpster fire catastrophe that was the Kanye West interview. You're not a Nazi. You don't deserve to be called that and demonized. Well, I, I, see, I, I see good things about Hitler also. The Jew, I love everyone, and Jewish people are not going to tell me, you can love, um, you know, us, and you can love what we're doing to you with the contracts. And you can love what we're, you know, what we're pushing with the pornography. But this guy that invented highways, invented the very microphone that I use as a musician, you can't say out loud that this person ever did anything good. And I'm done with that. I'm done with the classifications. Every human being has something of value that they brought to the table, especially Hitler. Especially Hitler. I love the trolls. As soon as I was watching it, I, I posted a little summary, and I said, and he even says he likes Hitler. And I get responses like, no, he never said that. Oh, really? Then what did you just hear? Let, let's play another delightful cut from the man who sat there with a pair of p- 
pantyhose over his head. Play cut. I've said it, the most Nazi-like activities I've seen, um, and, and the Nazis, in my view, were thugs that shook people down to a lot of really bad things. But they did good things, too. We're going to stop dissing the Nazis all the time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we got to stop dissing the Nazis, according to Kanye. That man needs psychiatric help. He is a rank anti-Semite. Uh, and Alex, what does Alex Jones say there? Yeah, they they did a lot of bad stuff. Uh, Mr. G, was that good for Alex Jones or was that bad for Alex Jones? Uh, if Alex was trying to not look insane, it was good for him because that's the first <laughs> time he looked somewhat sane. Hang on. Hey, what do you mean? Halfway through the interview, he puts on a lizard man. He puts on a gone mask, a lizard man mask, and does the interview dressed as a lizard man. Oh, I didn't see that part then. Oh, ooh, I, I saw something my producer didn't. Oh, he was running a show. Sorry. Yeah, wh- while I was waiting to get on my plane. I'll show you the photograph. It's rather funny. Oh, by the way, Kanye, Kanye. No, Hitler didn't invent the highways. He created the Autobahn system. But I think you'll find the Romans a little bit earlier created the highways across Europe. Yeah, and the microphone. Alex, look up who invented the microphone because I think it probably wasn't the uh, little... Austrian corporal. All right, let me tell you what happened to me after my event. We've teased it already on social media. There I am after hanging out with Governor Huckabee. You don't want to be in this position, okay? And I went to the usual cigar bar I hang out in Nashville when I'm there to see the governor. And I'm about to light up a stogie, get some work done. My son calls me and he says, Dad, uh, my room's been ransacked. Mom's not home, and the window has been smashed in. So last night, Gawker HQ was assaulted. And I just have one thing to say, two things to say, three things to say. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. No, stop that, Gawker. I have three things to say, and it might be four, but it'll definitely be three. Number one, I am so proud of my son. So proud of my son. I watched him on the camera uh, at the front of our house as he stood there waiting for the police with his five-foot-long Lord of the Rings sword slung on his back and my wife's favorite uh, chrome-plated 870 Remington Mariner shotgun. (laughs) As he was telling the police, yeah, we've had a burglary. By the way, I'm standing out front and I'm armed, okay? That was three-year-old son. And secondly, I am almost as proud of everybody. There's three heroes here. My son and our two dogs. Because they didn't get anything. They cased the upper part of our house. They broke into his room. They ransacked it. They found his uh, H&K handgun. A very nice watch we gave him for his graduation last year. And it was all there. His computer, his iPad, his watch, his Mark 23 handgun. And they didn't take any of it. Why? Uh, The police have a very good theory. We have two dogs. If you follow me on social media, you know who they are. Killian, a rather large Belgian shepherd. And Leia, his female buddy who may be a lot smaller, but she has a bark like a 300-pound Rottweiler. Whoa! And she, it, if you don't see her coming, she's scary-sounding. And when she starts barking, it gets Killian going, and it is ferocious. So here's the scenario. They broke in, started ransacking my son's room. We're ready to case the rest of the house. And the dogs heard them. And they scared the crap out of them. Here's the third thing I'm going to say. God bless the officers of the Fairfax County Police Department. My son rang 911. Within three minutes, the first squad car was there. We, we live very close to a certain government facility and literally 0.9 of a mile from the local police headquarters. But we had five squad cars there within a matter of five minutes a lieutenant a detective were there till 1 30 in the morning the evidence team came the crime scene scene team came the techs uh, it turns out this is a south africa south american band of burglars that have been working this part of north virginia 
and they were superb. I'm not going to give out names because there are left-wing crazies out there. I'll just, I'll just salute Gunny as a certain officer who, um, I know which house I'm in. And he told my son, I've sold your dad some guns because I used to work in the gun store down the road. It's such a great thing to be here. I'm so honored to be here. So Gunny, thank you to you. And to everybody else, the lieutenant, the detective, all the other officers, the, uh, the other lieutenant who came today to check up on us, these are the people the left want to defund. People who will come to your they, We didn't know if there was somebody still in the building. We had no idea. I said, son, get a weapon and get out. Get, out of the, get a weapon and get out of the building until the police arrived. First squad car, two officers, get out pulled their sidearms, and they cleared my home. They made sure my son was safe and that my wife would be safe. From top to bottom, from attic to basement, not knowing who was in there, they cleared the building. Because they're men, they're patriots. God bless all law enforcement officers who did what they did for my family last night. So I'll say a fourth thing. Get a dog. They truly are man's best friend. Leia, Killian, they were rewarded when I got home from Nashville this morning. God, you got to love dogs. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First. It's Friday. It's Second Amendment Friday. It's Ask Dr. G Anything. If you enjoy the show, subscribe on Spotify right now. Plug in my name, Sebastian Gorka, America First. Check out the store for all America First gear. It's almost Christmas. Go right now. SebGorkaStore.com. That's S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A. SebGorkaStore.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.